in everything that we do, say, and all of our actions and our hearts, God. Let us just love on you this morning, Father, and hear your voice, God. For you said, by sheep, hear my voice, and a stranger's voice they will not follow. Father, you said that you were here this morning, God, as we gather together for two, where two or more are gathered in your name, that you dwell in the midst, Lord. I thank you for your presence, God. I'm asking that you pour out your spirit this morning upon every hearer, God, that is here this morning, Lord. That you'll open up ears to hear and eyes to see, Lord, of your beauty today, God. Give us the words, Lord, to reach those who are in need, God. Let us never hold back, Lord. For we love you, that we may be pleasing in your sight always, God. Thank you, Father. And I come against the enemy, the darkness, the wickedness, Satan himself. May the Lord rebuke you in Jesus' name. Let the Spirit of the Lord have its way this morning. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. And the elder saints said, Amen. Hallelujah. There was a day I cried unto the Lord in my disgrace There was a night I trusted in the Lord with all my mind And then he turned around as I cried aloud and heard my voice And with a thunderous sound Heaven spoke out loud and rejoiced I said, Jesus, my Savior my Redeemer and my friend, I said, Jesus, my Savior, my Redeemer and my friend, you have delivered me from my enemies. And now I see so far from misery, no more bound in sin ever again. For I have seen the Lord. I said, Jesus, my Savior, my Redeemer, and my
Hallelujah. I've been born again. Praise the Lord. What a blessing. <clears throat> Rejoice in the Lord. Hello, Brother Larry, Brother Sam. My God, my strength. Hallelujah. Have you taken your harp down off that old willow tree and rejoicing in the Lord now? Hallelujah. Everybody can read that okay? That means you got to sing along with me, okay? I'm a little hoarse this morning. I need some help. <clears throat> I've taken my harp down off the willow tree. My heart is singing the victory. My past is forgiven. My home is in heaven. All sorrow is gone. The glory has shown. And now I'm free. Take your harp down off that willow. Take your harp down off that tree. Every sorrow has been taken in his place the victory. Come on now, so let's sing the songs of night and shout them all night long. For we live in the city of Zion. Take your heart down. say we came to the Lord I didn't really have anything to offer to him but he had everything to offer to me 
He gave me beauty. And all I gave him was ashes. He gave me joy and all I had was sorrow. He gave me all he had. Now may we give a sweet sacrifice of praise to the Lord for what he's done for us. He gave us beauty for ashes, the all of joy for mourning, the spirit of praise for the garment of heaviness, that we might be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. That he might be glorified. Yes, Thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord, and wonderful life in you, Jesus. Praise be your holy name. What's the greatest thing in your life? The greatest thing in your life is just loving on Jesus. The greatest thing in all of my life is loving you the greatest thing in all of my life is loving 
the Lord with me. The greatest thing in all of my life is loving you. The greatest thing in all of my life is loving you. I want to what Jesus said in Matthew 6.33 and also in Luke 11. Seek you first. I said first. I'm going to say one more time. First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Praise the Lord. Good to have everyone. Um, you may want to put the YouTube people up there, too. Praise the Lord. God is doing wonderful things. Uh, I love that we're getting the message out, and you guys are helping to do that all over the world. I think we're up to, uh, what, probably 110, 120,000 listeners so far, Brother Cedric, something in that nature, and uh, over 1,000 subscribers. So bless the Lord that uh, we are getting out to some out there. And that is a, a great thing of what the Lord is doing. This world is, is uh, lying in wickedness, and we need to get the truth out. Uh, for there's many seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So I'm thankful to be part of this end time, what the Lord is doing with just a few of us. And may the Lord multiply us so that we can be able to share more with and keep people out of hell. Praise the Lord. I wonder if anyone has a prayer request this morning. Praise the Lord. Any prayer requests? Well, Brother JB starts his job today. I'm excited about that. We want to pray for him that the Lord will guide him and direct him as he works heartily unto the Lord. It's a blessing. It's good to have Brother, Brother JB. Hallelujah. We're glad he's moving right along. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We appreciate you all. Uh, any requests on YouTube or Zoom this morning? Praise the Lord. Um, hallelujah. We got um, Emmanuel. And his wife uh, coming in today and children. Uh, they won't be here at the service, but they're going to be here at 4 o'clock. They're coming from, um, they went to Arizona. They live in Florida, but they listen to us regularly on uh, YouTube. And uh, they are part of this church, they claim to be. And uh, so they're coming in today to get water baptized at 4 o'clock. So around 4 o'clock. So they're both going to get baptized today. And they just, uh, such a blessing. Please pray for their a safe arrival, and that the Lord will have his way in their lives. Praise God. Um, no sick. Praise the Lord. Everybody good? Thank you, Lord. Nobody knows. But, you know, I made the Lord also. We, we went out yesterday, and we shared um, 
out there to, with a bunch of people, uh, man, a lot of people, <laughs> praise the Lord. So I got the opportunity to preach in front of some and got the opportunity to share individually with some. And, and it was a great day in the Lord, praise the Lord. And uh, what a wonderful time. I love to go out and share the gospel everywhere we go. Amen, Brother Cedric. Hallelujah. So let's, let's take all these to prayer right now, if we would. Um, praise the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come here to you, Lord God. And I want to continue to lift up uh, Jonathan's grandmother, Aubrey, to you, Father. That, Lord, you do a work in her heart as well as in her body, Father. Touch her, Lord Jesus. Help her in this day to know you, God, to be prepared to know you. Um, may you give someone the opportunity, whether it's Adrian or Jonathan, and someone there to tell her the truth before it's too late. And, uh, if, and do a miracle, we ask God, that you would be glorified, Father, and that, that they would know it's from you. A lot of people don't want to glorify you as being the one, for, but you're the great healer. No man can heal but you, Father, who heals all our diseases and forgives all our iniquities. Thank you, Father. We lift up uh, Brother Daniel to you, Lord. Um, he sent requests this morning as he has a need, Father, uh, for, to fix his vehicle to be able to come. So we want to uh, lift that up to you, Lord Jesus. Uh, as we help him, God, we will help him any way we can. Uh, so I thank you, Lord Jesus, for that. Pray you uh, meet the needs for that, uh, for him, Lord Jesus, to be able to continue to make it and do well. Thank you, Lord, for the body of Christ, Lord Jesus. We so appreciate you. And all those people, God, that we were able to plant seeds in and water yesterday, Lord, uh, pray that they're listening this morning as we gave some of them the, the, t the channel to, uh, committed to, to, be, to be there. May that be so, Lord Jesus. And those that were unresponsive, God, that you will deal with them, Father, for the word went out, God. And you promised God in, in the Isaiah 55, Lord, that the word would not return void, but it would accomplish that for which it is sent. Thank you, Father, for that, Lord, for that promise. Thank you, Jesus. Father, have your way in the service this morning, God. Um, meet the needs. Help. Continue to help um, Brother Samuel's uh, son, Lord Jesus, with the stuttering, God, that he will speak well in the same thing with uh, Jonathan and Sadron's child, Lord Jesus, that it would be fine, Lord God. Thank you, Father, for them. Thank you, Lord. Help the moms and dads to be able to raise their children to walk in you, Jesus, to live righteously and holy, and to show their children what is their priority in their life by showing them that the kingdom of God and being in service, praying together, Lord God, reading your word, those things of God, that their minds would be set on you all the time, living as that example in you and not this world. We love you. We give you thanks and praise, Father. Have your way in the service this morning. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Uh, does anybody, first of all, does anyone have anything on their heart this morning? Praise the Lord. Anybody have something? I do. <laughs> all right. Um, hallelujah. I'm excited to be in Jesus. I'm, I, I was thinking this morning how uh, whether I wake up at night or sleep at night um, and all through the day, I, it's such a blessing because I live the other way to have my mind on the Lord all the time. Uh, I'd be singing when I get up, to, if I have to go to bed, I, I even notice subconsciously I'm singing songs to the Lord or I'm, I'm thinking of a scripture or thinking of something going on and your mind is just stayed on the Lord all the time. Yeah. Guys, if you don't have that, you need to get it. 
Because you know what? You got perfect peace whose mind is stayed on the Lord. And when you're just in God's word all the time and you're putting God first in your life, it, it's, it's just natural. It's just natural to be in the Lord all the time. And you, some of you are contending for the faith on, on different, uh, different uh, social platforms. And thank the Lord for that. Uh, Wes and I, by the way, put out a, um, a new video yesterday and uh, encourage you to watch it. Uh, he really wanted, uh, it was Wes's idea, yes, he really wanted to reach those that, that are looking for revival. And so we were able to break it down and explain what revival was and that people are looking for revival aren't revived themselves yet. So we wanted to share that. So if you get a chance, look at that. I, I hope that you'll be, and I think that you'll be blessed by it. Uh, thank the Lord. So I appreciate Brother Wes and, and all that he does in this ministry, as well as all of you guys. Everybody adds their part as we're all different parts of the body of Christ. I want you to turn with me, if you would, this morning to Matthew chapter 6. I'm excited about being in God's Word. Amen? I love the Word of God. I love to look at it. I, look, I love to examine it with my life. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 says, Examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. It says, examine yourself. How do you examine yourself? By this Word of God. The Bible says in James 1 that when you look at the Word of God, to not be a hearer only, but to be a doer. To don't be like the one that looks in a mirror and forgets what he sees. But you're looking in a mirror this morning. The mirror is the Word of God to show you where you're at. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says that, that this, the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing asunder to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, showing you the thoughts and the intents of your heart. So pay attention to the Word of God. Don't be thinking about somebody else when you're hearing the Word, but be thinking about yourself and see whether, I'm in, see whether you're in the faith by what the Word of God says, because this is very, very important. What I'm going to share this morning is extremely important. Uh, if you miss this, you're missing something really big. This is, I'm going to share a lot of things that's going to cause you to really examine yourself, and hopefully some of you will repent that are not living right, because this is just like writing to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. This is an examination. You need to look in the mirror this morning by what I share in the Word and say, is, it, is this talking to me? And don't be thinking, well, well maybe, maybe Don's talking to me. Or maybe, uh, maybe my wife's thinking this of me. Forget all that. Just look. The Word of God speaks for itself. Listen to what the Word of God says. And take heed to what it says and apply this Word. You know, a lot of people can know the Word, but they don't apply the Word. You, this must have application in your life. We're not reading the Word just to study, just to know. We read the Word to examine ourselves by the Word, to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus said that in Matthew chapter 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In John chapter 12, Jesus says, I didn't come to judge you, but there's one that judges you. The words that I've spoken to you, they will judge you in the last day. And I want you to understand this morning that you don't know if you have tomorrow. I had a cousin that died the other day. He thought he was going to have a long life ahead of him. And he suddenly died. And you know what? He's, he went before judgment, or he's gone before judgment. And going before judgment, he, you must realize you don't get a second chance. All you have to get right with God is right now. That's all you promised. Right now, you're breathing. You may not be breathing five minutes from now. So take heed to what the Word of God says. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. And I want to go to verse 33. Song we just sang of this scripture. 
And you've heard this song many, many, this, this, this scripture many, many times, but I want to break it down for you some. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I want to pray just a minute. Father, I pray that this scripture and the following scriptures that go with it, God, will do and accomplish for what is being sent, God. By the Holy Spirit, speak to hearts that are listening, God, and let them see what this is saying, God, and be applicable in their lives. Let it convict, let it exhort, let it encourage, and let it rebuke. Thank you, Father, have your way. So the Lord is, this is the Lord Jesus speaking. This is not just anyone speaking. Jesus said in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, if any man speak otherwise and consent not to the wholesome words of our Lord Jesus Christ, even the doctrine or teaching which is according to godliness or holiness, he is proud knowing nothing. So we're going to pay attention to words, words of Jesus Christ. Because in 2 Thessalonians 1 and 8, it said that the Lord is coming back with fiery vengeance to execute judgment on all those that know not God and that do not obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you must be obedient to this or you will miss it. You will have fiery judgment and, ex and he will execute upon you if you don't do this, if you don't listen to this. Now, Jesus, I want to start back a little ways. We, I wanted to start with that scripture because I want that to be our key scripture right now as we go forward. But I actually want to go a little bit, a little bit further back and I want to go to Matthew chapter 6 that we're in and go to verse 27. Start there. <clears throat> Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his statue? In other words, can you, by, by worrying about it, can you add anything to, to, to your height? No, that won't do it. We know that. And why do you take thought about your clothes? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't stress about it, don't toil, neither do they spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed or arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to put on? Clothes. For after all these things do the pagans run after. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of the, all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Take no thought. Don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. <clears throat> I want to ask you something. What does it mean in your life to seek first the kingdom of God? Is this something that you do one time? Or is this something that you do continuously? What does it mean to put the kingdom of God first in your life? Now, I hear a lot of this, and I used to say it myself. I really don't have time to pray this morning because I'm late for work. I really don't have time to do the Lord's work today because I need to mow my grass or because I took an extra job on or because I did this or because I did that. 
is that the way you speak? Because that is not putting the kingdom of God first. This ought to be how you speak. It ought to be this way. I really don't have time to mow my grass because I put the Lord first. I really don't have to do these other trivial or even, you know, some might even feel like it's necessary. My grass is long. <laughs> because I'm busy doing the things of God. Because you see, that's what I put first. I put the things of God first. I don't have to go do my hobbies. I don't have time to go do my things. I don't have time to do that because it's urgent. I've got to tell people. I've got to do it. I've got to go pray. I've got to go, go read the Word. Have you read enough of the Word yet? Do you know the Word of God that well? Do you got time to go do all that stuff? Have you spent enough time in, the, in, the prayer, in prayer? You're praying without ceasing? Or is your mind filled with the world because you're not seeking first God's kingdom? You're seeking first your kingdom. You're building your treasure. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Are you really trusting God? Sometimes I think, and I've thought, you know, like, and Joe and I talk, you know, like, we, we, work, we work full time and I do ministry full time. And I, um, sometimes Saturday could be a day where I catch up on things to do around the house. I get nothing, I got nothing done yesterday. Yesterday I got up, I, I prayed, I, I, I studied. I'm not saying anything to boast of myself, I'm just saying this is my day. Time I spend three or four hours in the morning praying and studying. Then Wesley calls me and says, man, let's do a video. I got something burning on my heart. I said, okay. So I go rig it all up, we do the video. It's 1, 1 o'clock, 1.30 by then. So I rush up and get something to eat. And, and, and I'm running to fix Jill's car a little bit and run back. And, and then, uh, we gotta, then Cedric calls and says, listen, we got to be there by 3.30. So, you know, we're going to go and, and share the Lord all night. <laughs> you know? And then we come back, and Jill's like, we didn't get much done. I said, it's okay. We sought first the kingdom of God. We sought first his kingdom. I want you to go to Mark. I'm sorry, book of Luke, chapter 10. I know you know this story, but I must repeat it because it's so powerful. This is a powerful, powerful story. I'm going to read it, then I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Luke chapter 10. And we're going to go to verse 38. Verse what? Verse 38. I'm sorry, I'm a little, I don't know why my voice is like this, but it's a little hoarse. Maybe from... Maybe I got too loud yesterday, whatever it might have been. <laughs> and I want to thank um, uh, Sister Bridget, Brother Cedric, Sister Taylor, my wife Jill, Brother Kelly, Brother JB, for all coming out yesterday and, and sharing with us. Uh, such a blessing to have others with you to be able to fellowship and share the gospel with. So may, may the Lord bless them. And also, please keep Brother, uh, Brother Samuel in prayer. He's going to be going out today to share the gospel. So keep him in prayer that the Lord will use him and protect him, put a hedge around him and give him the courage and the boldness to speak the word and protection. Here we are in verse 30. Now it came to pass as they went out that he entered into a certain village and, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She was shown. That's good. She had hospitality. Bring, come on into my house. Use my house. And, but she had a sister and her sister's name was, was Mary. So we got Martha and we got Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So Mary is over there sitting at the feet of Jesus, right? And she's listening to his word. But Martha was cumbered 
about, the word covenant, I looked it up, it's like distracted or anxiety, anxious, you know, feeling like she's got to get something done about much serving. How many of you ever felt like, man, I got to get these things done? I'm not talking about godly things. I got to get all this done. My house, the house, I need to get this done. I need to get that done. That was Martha. That was Martha. She's coming about much serving and came to him, came to Jesus and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she come and help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful, which means troubled um, and anxious and full of cares about many things. Here Martha was, she was anxious, she was troubled, she felt upset because she was trying to serve the people that were at her house. And you would think that was pretty legitimate thing to do. You're trying to help and get everything ready for everyone. But Jesus is speaking now. Listen to what he says. But one thing is needful. Seek ye first God's kingdom. Yeah. Seek ye first God's kingdom. One thing is needful. And Mary, hallelujah. How, I want the Lord to say that about me. One thing is needful in Don. I want the Lord to say, one thing is needful in Bridget. One thing is needful in Roy. Has chosen that part which shall not be taken away from her. What part had Martha chosen? Martha, no. Martha had chosen not to sit and be with Jesus. Jesus. Martha had chosen to be anxious and covered about with many things and think about everybody else and what needed to be done, what needed to be catch, caught up on. Martha was thinking like this. Rather than doing, sitting there with Jesus, she said this, I got too much to do to go sit down at Jesus' feet and listen to him. I got too much to do to really seek the Lord and spend time going out and sharing the gospel. I got way too much to do. I'm behind. I got to get this done. I got too much to do because I need to work over to make extra money or get money in our bank so we have extra money or whatever. I got too much to do to go and do my hobbies and get relief from my work rather than go to church or do without any of those things. What was, Mar what was Mary saying, though? I'm seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness. I got too much to do with doing God's work than I do to, get, to go get the stuff for everybody to eat and drink. I, don't, I, don't, I, I got this. This is priority. Don't have things backwards in your life. When Jesus said, seek first his kingdom, he meant it. Martha and Mary are the two examples of one seeking first the world and the other one seeking first God's kingdom. What are you seeking first? What is your excuse for not walking and keeping your mind on the Lord and doing his will all the time? You say, well, brother, Don, I, what do you want me to do? Just let my stuff go? 
So let my job go? Huh? <laughs> Cedric said, Peter did. Lord said, come and follow me. Peter left it, dropped his nets right there, didn't he? didn't he? Left his family, left his wife at home, whatever, and went and followed him. Well, what do you do? Well, yeah, we know that we work with our hands so that we have to give to those who are in need. We know that he that doesn't provide for his own house, his immediate family is worse than an infidel. Yes, you have to work. But how far are you going with that? You know that there's no retirement in the Bible? You know, not one place. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There's one place. This man had a bunch of barns. And he said, well, I've worked. I've got all this stored up. I'm ready to retire. So he tore down all his barns and he built one big barn. Remember that? Yeah. Luke 15. And he built one big barn. And he said, what I'm going to do, he says, I'm going to tear all of them. I'm going to put in this one big barn. Once it's built, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to take ease and, and enjoy it. And God said, this day is your life required of you. All that labor. And he got nothing. He enjoyed nothing. We do not retire in Christ. If you don't, if you don't need to work anymore, then you know what? You need to go to work. The Bible said work with your hands. It didn't say to stop. You know how long I'm working with my hands? Till I'm dead. I'm going to be out preaching. I'm going to be out serving. I'm going to be do, out doing what, serving other people. Do what, do what the Lord has. Because there's no retirement in, your, in the Bible. You, you use your time wisely and redeem the time and share. It's all about the kingdom of God, guys. That's why he said seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. Because it's all about that. In each of our lives, you will, Brother Don, you'll do that. You'll pass the church. Hey, I work just like you do. I work hard just like you do. But I'm not, if, if, when it comes to time for the Lord to put the work, because I don't even answer the phone. Because it's time to do the Lord's work. What's your priority? Is it the kingdom of God? Or is it this right here? Look with me to the book of uh, Luke. Um, chapter 6. Oh, Wes, come on, brother. I didn't, thank you for telling me. If somebody has something, please let me know right away, okay? Come on, brother brother, uh, brother Wes. Yeah, it's, it, it really just gets down to priorities. And so, like, it's not that you can't have time for these other things or, let's say, even doing things in life or pleasures of life. It's, you know, uh, uh, it's where you're, if your priority is your pleasure more, you know, and this is why like in, um, in second Timothy chapter three, it, it talks about this in second Timothy chapter three, verse one, this is, I'm, I'm reading from the King James version. <laughs> I like how it word, words something here. It says this, you know, also that in the last times, perilous days, perilous times shall come for men will be lovers of their own selves, contentious, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontent, uh, in fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors. Now look at this verse, verse four, traitors, headstrong, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. So 
And then at verse five follows it up by saying, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. So they have a form of godliness. That's, that's, this, this is something you need to realize. There's a lot of people that are in the false system. They have a form of godliness and they, and they, it's not that they don't have love for God in a sense, like a, a false love, it's not like they don't have any pursuit for God. They do have a pursuit for God but they have a pursuit for their pleasures or their life or their job or, you know, whatever it would be, their, their fishing trip, their, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't matter, put anything in that place, you know, their yard work. And so they just have that beside God in a competing alliance with God. And so because, because God's not first and foremost in their life, that's where it becomes idolatry. In, in Exodus chapter 20, you know, verse three, it says, thou shall have no other gods before me. Some translations read beside me. So you can't have anything next to God in your pursuit of God. Uh, verse 23 of Exodus 20, it says, you are, you are not to make any gods alongside me. So you can't have anything alongside God at all. And, and so this is why... What has happened throughout the Old Testament, you're going to see this theme where people think that they can serve God and serve themselves, and you can't do that. You see this with Cain and Abel. You see Cain brings, uh, you know, just a, just an offering. It says there in Genesis, it's, I think it's Genesis chapter 4, he just brings an offering. Well, but what does Abel do? He brings of the first. He brings of the best. And so there's a difference between why God received Abel and his offering, which represents like your life, right? He's bringing the first firstlings of like, you know, uh, uh, of all the animal because he was a, you know, he was a shepherd. So he brought the best that he had. And Cain, Cain, it's not that Cain didn't bring anything. He did bring something. He just brought his leftovers, you know, he just brought here, God, here's, here's what I, here's what I have to offer, but it's not the first and foremost in his life. Therefore God rejected it. And so a lot of people wonder like, why am I rejected? Why is God's approval not on my life? It's because you're not giving him your whole heart. Jeremiah 23 says, you will find me when you seek for me with all your heart. So people are half-hearted. They're not coming clean with God and making him first and foremost. They got other things that they possibly need to do. They're not putting God first. And that's why God's approval is not on their life. And they feel rejected and they, they don't feel like, you know, that, that, that God's approving on their lifestyle. And, and, and then they're wondering why they're still in the same old issues that they've had for like ever. And it's like, why are you still in defeat? Because you haven't really gave God your best. You know, um, th this life that you took home, if you did take it on in Christ, it's not about fulfilling what you want or, you want or what your old flesh wanted. It's about fulfilling the will of God and pleasing God. If you're thinking about yourself, what somebody did to you, what somebody said about you, what you do or don't have, you're still living in self. It's not about that, guys. You gotta forget yourself, the Bible says. 
That's why he said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. You're not like you used to be. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. Your mind is set on things above, not on these things of the earth. That's why Jesus said, look at the things that are, in 2 Corinthians 4, he said, look at the things that are eternal, not the things that are temporal. This is so serious. I don't want to see you end up in hell. Some people in this fellowship are not even right with God now. I see their lives. I hear what's coming out of your mouth. I watch your lives. You're not right with God. I don't want you to think you are right with God. I don't want you to think that. I want you to know you're going to hell. Because the worst place you can be is to think you're right with God and you're not. I hear murmuring sometimes, complaining. I see what, you, what, what priorities you put in your life and how you live. And I say, man, there's no way. They're not right with God. Because they're not, their heart is not in love with Jesus. They are not put, seeking first the kingdom of God. They're seeking first their life. And then whatever scraps you have over, left over, you, you go in. Remember a song that uh, Keith Green says, if you, if, you, if you can't be here, if you can't worship him every day, the Lord told him, he said, the Lord says, don't come to me at all. If you want to keep your sin, then don't, don't bother praying. Don't, just quit praying. Don't pray anymore. Just quit. Why? Because he don't hear you. He's not hearing you. If you got hate in your heart towards someone, you say, well, I don't have hate. Well, let's, let's, let's examine your life. Your enemies, those that did, did wrong to you, those that took from you. Man, I had, I had somebody take, take everything from me at one time that I had. Take it away. And, and what are you going to do? Are you going to hate them? You say, well, I don't, you don't say that you hate them, but your actions are as though you hate them. You want evil upon them. You don't talk to them. You, you don't want to be around them because you feel because you're bitter. You're bitter. The Bible says do away with all bitterness. You got malice in your heart. And then you're calling yourself a Christian? You think you're going to heaven? You're not going to heaven. Because if you can't love your enemies, which the Bible tells you to do in Matthew 6, then you can't go to heaven. Because the Bible says love your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you, take from you, do all manner of evil against you, do good to them, just like the Father who causes the rain to rain on the just and the unjust alike, the sun to shine on the just and the unjust alike. You're commanded to be different than the world. The world loves its own. What reward do you have, the Scripture says, if you love those who love you? What are you doing more than the heathens? You're not doing anything. But the Bible says this is when you do something, when you love your enemy, the one that rubs you the wrong way, the one that stole from you, the one that took from you, when you still love them. This is the Christian walk. If you're just loving those that love you, nice to people that are nice to you, that don't do you wrong, you're not doing anything different than the world does. You're not living as a, as a real Christian. You're still living as a pagan. He said all these things do the pagans do. Look at Matthew chapter 5. Verse 43. Matthew chapter 5 and 6. Jesus, Jesus started his ministry. And he came on like, like, like a storm. And he came to give these words. He said, man, he said, you are under the law of what the Lord says. And this is what he says. This isn't his command. This isn't my command. He says in verse 43, 
He said, if you've heard that it has been said, thou shalt love your neighbor and hate your enemies. But I say, and you love your enemies. Anybody have any enemies? I got enemies. They're not my enemy. I'm their enemy. Okay? But they hate me. They don't want anything to do with me. They've got bitterness against me. But what do I do with them? I just love them. I'm always glad to receive them. I don't tell them to get away from me. I don't push them away. I don't do anything because I want to do it with them. I want to, I want to see their soul saved. I love my neighbor as myself. Jesus was asked that one time in Luke chapter 10. A man came to me and says, Lord, what do I need to, go, to do to have eternal life? Good question. And the Lord said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And actually, man said, he says, you've answered rightly. He said, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus began to tell him, it's that Samaritan. See, the Jews at that time hated the Samaritans because they were half Jew and half Gentile. And he talked about how he would, you would go and help him and, and give money, do whatever it takes to help that person that had got injured on the road because he wanted to give an example of what we're to do. Look what he says here. Verse 44, but I say to you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. You've been cursed by someone? Look what Jesus says to do. Oh, this is what you do. Don't come around me. I don't have nothing to say to you. I don't want nothing to do with you because you did this bad thing to me and you caused a lot of problems in my life. What well, does Jesus say to do that? What you say, Jesus? What do I do with my enemy? Bless them. Bless them. That goes against the grain, doesn't it? The world doesn't do that. But you are to do that if you want the kingdom of God. Some people, just a little old trivial thing somebody does to you. They just get all blown out of the way. And they say, I don't want to be around them anymore because they, they, they did this little thing to me. That what? They didn't even steal from you? And one time I had nine and a quarter million dollars in the stock market. My broker took every last cent of it. Think I'm bitter against him? I'd love to share with him today. I'd love to see him. Most of some of you know who he is. I got, when I heard it, I picked up my guitar and I sung a song. I don't have any enemies. I blessed him. I pray for him. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you in person. How much have you been praying for? That fellow you're having problems with. The fellow you're hating. You know what? If you don't love somebody, you really hate them. And if you hate them, 1 John chapter 5 says, he who hates his brother is a murderer. So now you're not only guilty of murder, of, of hate, but you're guilty of murder. So when you get to the judgment seat, I don't want you to be surprised when you go before the Lord and the Lord said you hated this man. The Lord said you didn't bless him back when he took everything from you. You didn't love him. You cursed him. You didn't want to be around him. You were bitter to him. And you're not going to be able to enter in because you're a murderer. You're a, you're a hater. And you never forgave him. You know what forgiveness means? Why don't you take some time sometime and look up the word forgive means, what it means. 
It means to don't lay it to their account anymore, to put it away. That's what forgive means, to erase the debt. And here's the problem, guys. If you don't forgive them, you know those, you know those sins you did that you asked God to forgive you for? He's not going to forgive you for them. You can't be forgiven. Okay, now we're getting, it's getting real quiet because we're really getting down. We're deep, 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 digging deep. Remember, we said we were going to examine ourselves. If we fit this and this is working on our heart and your heart's tugging right now, guess what? It's you. You need to repent. You need to get it right. Oh, we can play the songs. We can play wonderful music. It says that in Isaiah, man, they come together and they hear you speak and it's like music to them, like somebody playing a beautiful song. But then they walk away and they forget what they heard. This isn't Don's gospel. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This isn't me talking. This is Jesus saying these words. You can ignore them if you want, pay, turn to another page, but you know what? They're coming back at judgment. They will be back. And I'm trying to tell you, the Bible says some men's sins come before them and some men's sins follow after them. I don't want your sin to follow after you. That means you've died and they're coming with you to, to judgment. Get them right now. Will you, I'm asking you a question now, will you forgive that person? Will you love that person? You say, Don, you don't know what he's done. You don't, know how, you don't know how bad he's been to me. God does. Bless those that curse you. You don't worry about, the, don't worry about these earthly things. You can't take them with you anyway. God takes care of you, didn't he? Didn't he take care of you through whatever problem it was? Aren't you still here this morning? None of you look like you're starving to death. Buddy, God said, okay. I'm trying, to I'm trying to help you to enter God's kingdom. We talked earlier. This is all part of seeking first the kingdom of God is getting those things right in your heart. We're digging deep. The Bible says in the book of Luke, uh, book of Luke chapter 6, it says that the, the wise man is the one that dug deep and built his foundation on the rock. You got to dig deep in your repentance. You got to dig deep and see if there's something in your heart that needs to get right. Dig deep there, and if, if, you, if it, we touch the spot this morning, don't ignore it because your heart will become calloused and your conscience will be seared. I'm here to help you. I'm responsible. We elders are responsible to, bring, to watch for your souls. I wanted to talk about Revelation this morning, but the Lord said, nope. You need to help the people with some things here. Some people need some help. You, you go with this, what I'm sharing with you. Share the kingdom of God being first. Share of, of losing your life in Christ. Brother Cedric? We can't hear you, brother. Amen. He's, right. he's the technical guy, Praise too, the Lord. Samuel. <laughs> so what I'm saying with Stephen in the book of Acts, the man said, forgive them for they know not what they do. For a man that his life is being taken away from him mm. and for him to go to the extent to still forgive. And most of our lives, we still have our lives. And That's people good, are Cedric. stealing from us. And like you said, trivial things. You know, we haven't even reached a point where our life is being taken away from mm. us. For Man, us to tell good. somebody to forgive us, but yet the Lord, you know, has these these tests and tribulations that he, you know, that we face that he 
you know, give us a word or quickens us to remember certain scriptures, and yet we, you see complaining, you see murmuring, you see different things like that, and it's nowhere compared to, to Stephen's death, you know, nowhere compared to John the Baptist's death, nowhere compared to, to Paul's death, and yet these men whose lives were taken, they forgave. They did not die with any bitterness in their heart. I think of the man, I think maybe Brother Wesley brought him out a while back. He was a, a man that died for, uh, for releasing like uh, physical Bibles. And um, they were, they were, they were uh, he's a martyr. He died a martyr. And he wanted to, to kill the man. They did kill the man. And he said a similar thing that Stephen did, I believe, that not forgive these men for they don't know what they do. And he died, you know, with no unforgiveness in his heart. You know, from how, how the story tells. And it's just example over example over example of, of, of the extent that we have in the examples of Scripture of men that their lives were taken and, and how they died with no bitterness in their heart toward them because they truly lost their life. And, and like Brother West said all the time, and, and, and you and all of us, that it really boils down to losing your life. And yeah. if, if you have a problem with that, then you really have not lost your life. But these men having their lives taken away from them and not dying with any bitterness or unforgiveness in their heart to that extent goes to show us as well as other things that they have truly lost their life. Yeah, uh, you know, the scripture talks about in Song of Solomon that sometimes it's the little foxes that even get you. Um, you know, some people, they go down the road. Somebody cuts them off in the car. They act like they want to they kill the guy. They, they swell up and begin to say stuff coming out of their mouth or I'll be all, all upset. Man, come on. What you going to do when they take everything away from you? Yeah. I like what you said, Brother Cedric. He lost his life. And he forgiven him. You losing money? Things of this earth? And you don't want to forgive? Like, come on, man. Somebody cut in front of you? Somebody tailgating you? Somebody at the, uh, at the gym cutting in front or doesn't give you a turn, what, whatever it might be. <laughs> Let them have it. Love them. Say, come on, yeah, man, come on, I don't care. It's just a stupid workout or a stupid car going down the road. Let them, they all in a hurry to, get, to go to hell. Let them pass you up and let them go on. <laughs> but how are you living? It's not how much you know. It's how much of it you live. Are you living what it says? That's the real key. Are you living it every day and every night? Walking in it. Doing what this word says. Don't ignore it. In every aspect of your life. In your giving. Are you giving to help the poor? The needy? Support the ministry? Are you giving your time to do the work of the Lord? Are you ministering? Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Are you meditating, memorizing, whatever you're doing? You singing, making melody in your heart? Are you doing those things? Or are you just reading over and you're too busy with the world? You're too busy. You got too much going on. Why? Why, why is that? Because the kingdom, you're not seeking first the kingdom of God. You're seeking the first the kingdom of yourself. And so we keep saying, because it's important, I want you to get it. Mary and Martha. Which one are you? Go ahead. 
Go ahead, Wesley. Yeah, there is that there is that uh, comparison, Mary and Martha. And um, like, it just made me think of uh, when you're talking about like, you can get cut off in a car. And is it even comparison to what these martyrs have went through? Even Jeremiah, when he was like in a cistern, like he was dropped down in a cistern. And uh, they were rationing, I think, food even on him, like he wasn't even getting fed. And at one point in this whole process of him being down there, God's like Jeremiah, you know, because Jeremiah is questioning God. And God's like, Jeremiah, if you can't, if you can't handle the footmen, what are you going to do when the Calvary shows up? I mean, he challenges Jeremiah. He's in a cistern. He's like, he doesn't even have like the necessities. And, mm. and, and like, you have all these people like Paul and Silas, they're thrown into like the middle of the prison. It's like dark and you know, sewer sewers probably running in between their legs or right next to them. And they're praising God. And there you are. You know what I mean? How are you going to feel standing before God? How am I going to feel standing before God? I think I'm going to want to get out of the line if I'm next to one of these guys, because <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Hey, can I go to the back of the line? Cause I don't want to be in comparison to somebody that went through all these you know, trials and tests. And then what did I have to go through? You know, somebody's like, you know, not be able to make it because they have an ingrown toenail or something. It's like, what in the world is the comparison, but the seek first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I was thinking of um, uh, in Malachi chapter one, it kind of shows this same thing. And, and, and see one person said, one person said, Hey, it, you know, Christians don't, uh, I, I would say so-called Christians. He just said Christians, but so-called Christians don't, don't tell lies. They just sing them. You know, they just sing them, right? A lot of people are singing how great thou art. You're the first, you're, 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 you know, how amazing God is, but does their life actually match up to that? What they're singing? Are these just words coming out of your mouth? Because Jesus said, you honor me with your lips. So it's not that these people, even that Jesus was confronting in his day, it wasn't that they weren't singing God praises. They were singing God praises. They just, their lifestyle was not lining up and matching to what they were singing. So when you come, is your lifestyle match what you're singing? Are you singing God lies? You know, maybe you should just, you know, be hesitant to sing then, you know, uh, just like we encourage people to be hesitant to take communion because you, you might be eating and drinking damnation to yourself, you know? So in, in Malachi chapter one, Malachi, and, and this is the thing, people, they, they deal with the same concept, like the prophets dealt with this, is that people don't really give God their whole heart. And here Malachi is in Malachi chapter one, at verse seven, it says, you, you offer defiled food on my altar but say, and what have we defiled you? So these are people, God's questioning them. They're questioning God. Like they're, they're playing like as if they don't know what's really going on. And then God's saying, by saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? This is what God's asking them. And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? And this is what God tells them. Offer it to your governor. You know what I mean? Like, like the things that you give God, I mean, God will challenge you and say, offer that to your job, offer that to your wife or wives, uh, you know, offer that to your husband. You know what I mean? Like what, what would that be comparison with the sacrifice of your life and the time and the commitment that you supposedly give to God with that work in the work environment? 
Would that work in a relationship with your wife or, you know, vice versa? And so these are things, are you giving God your leftovers or are you really mm. giving God a wholehearted yeah first and foremost sacrifice that's acceptable to him. You know, Acts 10, 35, in every nation, whoever fears God and works righteousness is accepted by him. Is that the offering that you're giving God? I like verse 10, verse 10 in Malachi chapter one, it says, who is there even among you who will shut the doors so that you would not kindle a fire on my altar in vain? I, I, I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts. So this is, this is like Malachi chapter one, verse 10. Who is there? That's what we're doing right now. We're shutting the doors. So I'll leave you with that. Amen. Brother Samuel, go ahead. Uh, yeah, brother, I got a uh, scripture I want to share. If it's okay, it's about sure. seven verses. In Luke chapter seven. Sure. Uh, starting in verse 40. I think it'll go really good with this. It says, and Jesus answered, and said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest, this, seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. So as I read this, I can just see in my life, I've had so many things forgiven for me by the Lord. How could I not ever forgive anything that somebody has ever done unto me? I don't care what it is. Amen. And even to take this a step further, kind of like how um, uh, you brother Cedric were bringing up uh, with Stephen being martyred. If somebody was going to kill me, take my life. If I was going to defend myself, or uh, do something to take that man's life to preserve myself, how would that be any form of, a, of loving toward this man where I just killed this man trying to preserve myself rather than take me, go ahead, take my life because I have love in my heart towards this man. I want this man to, if he does kill me, to be forgiven, to repent of being a murderer and make it to the kingdom of heaven. If I kill this man, he, he attempted to murder me. He's in hell right now. And now I'm guilty of, be, of committing murder. Whereas if I just let this man do what he wants to do unto me, as Christ gave the ultimate example in all these martyrs, and I've been forgiven of much, how can I not forgive this man of much? He's just sending me to the Lord quicker. I mean, really, it's a great thing. I, I, I so appreciate these testimonies coming forward, Brother Cedric, Brother Wesley, Brother Samuel. And these, these men, great men of God, that have brought these testimonies forth in these words, they obviously have found that place in Christ and they obviously have forgiven and moved on and because they're, they're, we're all willing to give our lives. But I'm afraid there's others also amongst the midst that have not come to that place. And my goal is to help you to, be, to come to that place in your life. 
because I don't want to see anyone perish, and I also want to see you not live a life like Martha was living, where you're anxious and troubled. Now, one, one more thing about Mary and Martha that I saw that was real clear. As Martha was in this circumstance of being anxious and troubled about many things and thinking that she's got to get all this stuff done, instead of seeking the first the kingdom of God like Mary who said, you know, I, I got to get everything done that I need to do with, with the Lord and seeking Him first. I, gotta, I don't have time to wait on tables. I don't have time to do what Martha's doing because I got to hear the words of Jesus. I want you to notice that Martha went to Jesus to complain about Mary because she wanted Mary to be like her. You see, what ends up happening when you got somebody, when you got two people, or however many, living together of what heaven's going on, one of them is not really in the Lord like they need to be. So they're out, and their mind's on the world all the time, and they will try to force their spouse or put pressure on their spouse to do what they're doing. That's exactly what Martha was doing. Tell, tell Mary to come and help me. Or the, 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 the spouse will say, you come help me. You don't need to go over there. You don't need to uh, uh, walk with the Lord. You don't need to pray that much. You don't need to go to church that much. You don't need to be doing this and that. Because what happened? They want you. Misery loves company. Thank you. Because they, they, want, they, they want you to be like them. No. They need to be like you. You keep setting the example. You keep setting the standard. You be Mary. Don't you turn around for anybody and be Martha. You seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. Not seek first this world and what it has to offer. I'd rather, he said, it's better if you lose the world and gain your soul. For man's treasure, where man's treasure is, that will his heart be also. I think this would be a good place, Brother Dunn, to minister to those of us that have the mentality still that uh, I don't know about that. I've talked to people that are professed to be Christian, and like Brother Samuel said, we've come to a place by the grace of God in our life where we let our lives go, rather we have a family or not. And I've come across professing Christians, even those that profess to know the truth, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I could allow my family to, uh, to be to be killed, I, I'm going to, I'm going to kill him. And it's, it's just like, no, you, you lay your life down for your family. You lay your life down for yourself. You know, if you're in place in a predicament where you're faced with gunpoint, then you, you lay your life down for your family, you know, and, and a lot of people have a hard time fathering that, you know, and that's what the Lord called us to do. Yeah. We, we, we lay our lives down one for another in, in compassion, um, for, for whatever, we live through. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, I, I know this, I can't tell you what the culture was at that time because I didn't live then. All I can tell you is what the Word of God says. And Paul admonishes those. He says, those who are married, be as though you're not married. Those who has a wife, be as though you have not a wife. Those who has a husband, be as though you have not a husband. What do you mean, Paul? He said, for those that are married, Cares, the man that is married cares for the things of his wife how he might please his wife. And the woman that's married with her husband cares about her husband about those things that may please her husband. But those that are unmarried cares about the Lord how he may please the Lord. We are to care. Uh, excuse me? 1 Corinthians 7. You want me to find a verse for you? Yeah. Okay. 
First Corinthians chapter seven. Good. I'm, I'm glad you're being studious and want to write down the verses. I'll give it to you real quick. Um, it's, it's verse uh, 32, 33, okay, and 34. When, when you get a minute, um, Suresh wanted to say something, I believe, Don, Yeah, as yeah well. come on, Maybe Suresh. Suresh is new with us. Suresh, welcome uh, to the fellowship, brother. I've heard a lot about you from, hey. uh, from uh, Brother yeah, Wrestling. Yeah, praise God. Uh, praise God, everyone. Nice to see you guys. Uh, uh, Brother West, can you start my video? Uh, my video has been disabled. Yeah. I think you're from, so, India. I think uh, he's from India. He's, he's calling from India. Yeah. I'm a he's dental a surgeon. Go ahead, uh, Suresh. I think you might have froze up on us. Uh, I work okay. in Saudi Arabia. I'm an assistant professor. India's a long ways, guys. <laughs> it's freezing up on us. We're not able to hear him. He's not coming to the it, network. It's, I'm sorry. it's freezing up, Suresh. Uh, maybe take it off video, and then you can just hear the audio. Yeah, I'll take it off the video. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, my name is Suresh. I come from India. Um, I happened to meet Brother West in Facebook. Uh, I was searching for the Lord in, a, in the pandemic, COVID-19. From the last two years, I sought the Lord with all my heart. And the Lord uh, delivered me from blindness uh, that uh, today I'm able to overcome every sin and every, every, every challenge the enemy is throwing, including my uh, challenge in flesh. And Amen. Praise the Lord. What a blessing. It's very, very good to have you with us, Suresh. What a blessing. We, uh, uh, Brother Wesley has told me about you for a long time. I've been uh, looking forward to meeting you. Uh, it sure is a blessing to have you with us. Yeah. So, so, uh, so I want to add, uh, before, uh, there are many things I will share in the coming days. Uh, just I want to add a few words to Pastor Don's message today that we need to seek the kingdom of God. Go ahead. Uh, and his righteousness is the first. Uh, in Second Peter three fourteen, it says, uh, "Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, uh, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless." Amen. Uh, when I read these verses, are so like you know we have to be on our toes all the time. So if you see uh, in Luke 21, 34 to 36, it says, and take heed to yourself, lest any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares. And as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always. So prayer is such a vital, vital uh, lifestyle for a believer to overcome every every affliction the enemy will throw at us, so that we may be count, you can read further that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So it's a daily to on our toes we have to be, and we cannot take any day lightly. Any time the Lord may come upon 
me or anyone like a thief. So the kingdom, seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness is, should be our top priority. Amen. Amen, Brother Suresh. Good word, brother. Uh, I want you to know in India also they, they persecute a lot of Christians there. If you're, if you're professed to be a real Christian like he does, uh, they'll kill you over there for it. So he's in a very dangerous area. So please keep Suresh and his family in prayer always. Um, what a blessing. We, we humbly come to you, my brother, and, uh, and give thanks uh, to the Lord for you and what the Lord's doing in your life. It's so good and so refreshing, I know, to me to hear uh, someone completely across the world that uh, wants to be on and wants to come and, and testify and live that life in Christ. So it's a blessing to have you this morning with us, Suresh. God bless you. I noticed we have some others that were not, not special to use on for the first time. I don't think I've ever seen them on before. Uh, so it's a blessing to have them as well. And, and whoever else is there, praise God. It's such, such a blessing. I want, I want, I want to clear, finish this up, please, if you would. Turn with me hey, back. Hey, Brother Don. Yes, sir, Brother Eric. Go ahead. Uh, uh, so um, I would just like to address uh, or have you address and maybe the other brothers and sisters too because this is really where rubber meets the road in some aspects. And it's something that is, you know, quite often with all of us, I suspect, um, you know, debated and thought of in our mind. What Brother Samuel brought up and Brother Cedric expounded on it. <clears throat> I, you know, many of us have been victims of heinous crimes. And in today's world, it's becoming worse and worse. And certainly our intention is never to harm somebody or take a life. However, um, being in certain situations, I can probably foresee a reaction on my part that might harm someone is going to be overall more helpful for the situation, if you know what I'm saying. I'm not, uh, you know, if 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 somebody's trying to harm my family member and or me, I'm going to go beyond, you know, I, it, I, it's just inherent that I'm going to try to save the life that God gave me through whatever means, you know, uh, you know, I mean, even in the worldly martial arts, you know, they and I'm not comparing anything with that, but you know, they, they, they preach, um, you know, defense and that's what it's all about. But if you have somebody that's literally trying to kill you, come after you and you have opportunity to deter that. So, you know, where I'm going with that, that's it's, it, you know, it, this is really a subject that, uh, I think maybe you and maybe other brothers ought to address. Do you just lay down and let them beat you to death? Well, I'm all I can do is give you the Word of God. And I know while we're right there, look at Matthew chapter 5 with me, please. This is Jesus speaking again. He addresses this very thing in verse 38. He says this, You have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that you resist not evil. Now you can interpret what that means. He says, don't resist the evil in that way. But whosoever will hit you on your right cheek, turn to him the other also. 
Uh, we see in the book of Revelation many times that the Lord says that there are those that died for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ. That in your patience possess ye your souls. He says that they will deliver us up to be persecuted and some of us will be killed for his sake. But um, he said he that kills with the sword must also be killed with the sword. That we're, we're different. I mean, I didn't see Stephen really try to defend himself because it was dealing with himself. The Lord may have you with your family something to, res to resist them in some kind of way to help them. But as far as for myself, I see that I don't resist when someone comes at me. The Bible says, uh, don't render evil for evil, but return a blessing. He said, vengeance is mine. I will take care of it. Even in Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says that when they were being martyred for Christ, that they could have been delivered from it. They could have escaped it. But they would not want to escape it because they wanted a better resurrection. My hope is that God continues and gives me the courage to be martyred for Christ. I would love to be, have the privilege, if I could be counted worthy, to die for the Lord. I will not resist my death of somebody trying to kill me in, uh, in, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will not resist it. I do not want to do that. I want to be just like Jesus did, who humbly surrendered himself to those that came to get him. Stephen did the same. John the Baptist did the same. They did not resist it. They yielded themselves to their own death for the glory of God. So that's what I see in the scriptures. I don't see in the New Testament someone trying to resist evil, see them receiving it. Yes? You need a mic. Nobody hears what you're saying. Yeah. Well, people put people put alarms on the houses and put different things, and and that's fine, you know, to protect the, to have protection in that. And there also is the law. You call the law nine one one, and you can get the law to take care of those things. Um, I I know personally that's what he's saying for me personally. Uh, otherwise, he doesn't really speak that much about going and trying to fight somebody for somebody else. He doesn't really say much about that. So I can't speak outside of God's word. Other than the Old Testament, yes, but in the New Testament, not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But let, let's get let's get back. To, if anybody else does, anybody have something to say here? If we can, I want to get back to where, where we're at. Okay, brother, brother Troy. Yeah, no, not yet. No, hello? Yeah, I hear you, yeah. Me and my wife had a discussion about this. And uh, if somebody's down trying to kill my son or son, I have to defend. I have to defend them. I, I just want to... Not, not kill I, the person, Yeah. but stop. And you, may want, you may be able to resist them, but you're not going to kill them in place no, of No, not kill uh, them, but... Yeah. yeah. I, yeah I, and I, I probably I would will, too, too I will fight them off of them. Yeah. And and protect her also. Yeah. My family, you know. That's what I believe in. But if they're doing it to you, he says don't resist it. He says we are not to resist the evil. He said don't before it was said an eye for an eye, two for two, but I say to you to resist not evil. If one hits you on one cheek, give him the other one. 
yes. surrender to him the other one. Because we, we, we yield ourselves to whatever the Lord has for us. It says, uh, well, not special to you, says uh, Luke 3.14. And the soldiers likewise commanded of him, saying, and what uh, shall we do? And he said to them, do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. That's what John the Baptist that was saying that uh, to, the, uh, to the soldiers that were there, uh, to do no violence to no man. That's what he was saying for them to do. Um, so we just give that to the Lord. I don't know how we got way over there on that side, but anyway, uh, that wasn't really the subject we were going on, but that's okay too. But, but yeah, uh, and, and I know you have loved ones. And, but guys, sometimes you got to see the big picture. What's the big picture? Death is not bad for a saint. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Why would I not, not want to die? I don't get sad at funerals unless they don't know the Lord. But as Paul said, it's far better to depart and be with the Lord than to don't look at the temporal things. Look at the eternal things. I want to be with my Savior, don't you? I long for that. So if death is what's between me and him, let it come on. But you have to look to that perspective. People, oh, this person, that person. Great. That's a good thing, not a bad, bad thing. To depart and be with the Lord is far better. Get your focus on, off these things of this world. Get your focus off your life and look at the big picture. Being with Jesus for eternity. Dying for the Lord. Is there anything any better? That's a blessing. Praise the Lord. Go with me to Matthew, back to Matthew, and we'll see if we can finish here real quick. Uh, Jesus says this, um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. For if you forgive them their trespasses, people that's done wrong to you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, what they did against you, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. What does it mean to forgive them? The same way you've been forgiven, like Brother Samuel said a while ago in the same scriptures in Matthew chapter 18, of being forgiven for so much. Look what you've been forgiven for. It's a little thing if they take away your monetary things, your physical things. That's a little bitty thing. What about your soul? It's your life. Come on, guys. Let, forgive them. Just let it go. And you'll be released. You know what? Because when you got unforgiveness in your heart, you're not punishing them mostly. You're punishing yourself. Because you got that up in you. That is a horrible place to be. You don't have that peace. You can't have that peace. You don't have that joy. You can't. You're living in turmoil because you got unforgiveness and hate in your heart. You gotta, you gotta get away from that. You don't get your prayers answered. You're playing church. You're not serious. Get with it. Either go with that or just go out in the world and go, go, go do what you go do, go cold or hot. 
till you can finally wake up and say, listen, but don't play in between. The worst place to be is in between. Just go do what you're going to do. But if you're going to come here and you want to hear the word, that's why we don't have so many people. Because we preach the word the way it is, and people that don't want to live that, they're not going to stay here. They're going to go. Because they want, they want to keep their sin and think they're going to make it to heaven. I'm going to tell you the truth. You may not like it sometimes, but I'm going to tell you what this word says. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anything outside this word. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, if any man speak or preach, let him preach the, the oracles of God, God's word. Your opinion is worthless. God's word is everything. My opinion is worthless. God's word is everything. So what are you going to live by? Are you going to live by God's word? Or are you going to live by, live by what you think? There's a way that seems right to man, but the end is destruction. You want to go by what you think? You want to harbor unforgiveness and hate in your heart? And, and go around saying, yeah, I believe in living a life free from sin? You are a hypocrite. Quit being a hypocrite. Look what else he says. Watch this. Verse 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart also be. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is single, your whole body is full of light. Remember we said, seek first the kingdom of God. If your eye is single on the kingdom of God, yeah. <laughs> your whole body is full of light. Focus. There's no darkness. You're living in the light. You're living joy. You're living peace. Not my will, but your will be done, God, in my life. I want you to be happy. I want you to be at peace. I want you to go to heaven. I love you guys. But if your eyes are not single, you're not going to make it. If you're worried about what somebody else is doing to you and you're not quick to forgive, then you're not going to make it. If you're worried about defending yourself, and keeping your life on this in this world, you're not going to have life. Jesus said, unless you lose your life, you don't have life. Yeah. If any man comes after me, let him deny himself. Forget about you. Forget about what you want. Forget about what somebody said to you or did to you or stole from you or did whatever. Forget it. Let it it's not worth it. Quick to forgive. Quick to die for Jesus. Do his will. My life, your life. Listen to me. It's not about you anymore. Jesus said he died for us. Why? That we should no longer live unto ourselves, but unto him who died for us, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's not about you. It's not about what you think. It's about this. So what you going to do? You going to let it go? You going to forgive them? You going to love them? You going to pray for them? Or are you going to hang on to it? Man, please don't. Please don't. Come all the way in. All the way. That's the only way. Right, Linda? <laughs> the only way. To live for him. Praise the Lord. I hope, this is, I hope this applies, brother. I'm reading in, in Acts 16 about the story with Paul, and he was uh, in prison. Uh, he suffered wrongfully, and he's in prison with Silas. And <clears throat> we're talking about seeking first the kingdom of God, and the Bible says that we quote all the time in Proverbs 1130, 
but he who wins souls is wise. It's seeking first the kingdom of God, God's work, God's making disciples and, and doing what the Lord's commanded us to do. And we see example in Acts 16 with Paul and Silas. And uh, they were in a prison, and <laughs> they were praying. And the, the Bible says that the doors were, 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 were open and, and things like that. And in verse chapter 27, it says, And the keeper of the prison awake out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out of his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried aloud of a voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are here. A man who could have taken that way. He could have escaped. But from what I see throughout the scriptures and also in this text, Paul seeking first the kingdom of God got a door with this man. You know, Paul got a door with this man. He, he called for a light and it sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, what do I must do to be saved? And Paul sought first the, the kingdom of God and not worrying about his own life. You know, we're talking about the same topic right now about one side, you know, us willing to lose our life and on the other side of us seeking the kingdom of God and how they both go hand in hand. I see right here, Paul could have preserved his life and said, oh, the door, I'm, I'm leaving, the doors are open. But yet, Paul is seeking it's first good. the kingdom of God. Okay, I'm here, man. I haven't left, although I can. And then he ended up getting this man saved. He said his, him and his whole house, the Bible says in verse 32. You know, if we keep reading, he brought them out and said, Sir, what am I going to do to be saved? He said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him in the word of the Lord, and all that were in his house. And he took upon them the same hour that night and washed them, and all, they were, uh, and was baptized, he and all his, straight away. Let me give you another side of it. Praise the Lord. Silas was with him, right? He was in prison. They were both about maybe to be killed. Maybe he wouldn't think about himself. Maybe we think about Silas. Let me get Silas out of here to protect him. He didn't do that either. He stayed right there with Silas, risking both of their lives to preach the gospel to that man. Yeah. Wasn't thinking about Silas's life. He loved Silas. Silas was his partner. But he didn't think about Silas's life. He's ready to, to risk Silas's life also with him to die for Christ. What was I saying? Yeah, I'm going to take up where Troy left off. Uh, I think in God wants us to fight evil. Now, you talk about physically or spiritually? Spiritually and more spiritually than physically. Okay, so you say but, God wants... Wait, hold on just a minute. we got to stop right there a minute. Well, you got to let me finish my question. Okay, go ahead. And just like this deal, which happened in Uvalde, Texas, when that guy killed all these kids, little kids, and I know all those kids went to heaven, but the policemen that were there didn't do anything. But they didn't do it in the name of God. They didn't keep from doing anything in the name of God. They did it because they were cowards. But you're telling me that if they took out that guy that was evil and killing little kids, they shouldn't take him out? No. 
in, in Romans chapter 13. Turn there, since you want to do that. Turn Romans 13. I'm talking about us. I'm not talking about the government. Okay, look at Romans 13. Verse 1. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resists the power resists the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not for a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister, or the uh, basically the one God uses of God, to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon them that do evil. So there's nothing wrong with calling 911 if something's going on, and let them take care of it. But we're not talking about them. We're talking about you and I. That's a different thing. Okay? So I'm not talking about those people over there. We do not, the Bible is clear. We do not fight against fleshly, fleshly people and take up arms. The Bible says we don't fight against flesh and blood. We do not take up carnal weaponry. Our weaponry is mighty. We fight a spiritual warfare, not a physical warfare. We don't take up arms. That's what the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Read it. But we, we are fighting in a spiritual battle. Our enemy is not flesh and blood. We let the world handle the world. We do that which is right in the sight of God. We're called to a higher calling in Christ. And our calling is, as it says, since we're real close there, look at Romans chapter 12. Right there, he says, verse 17. Repay to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, so much as lieth in you, be, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is whose? Yours? Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. God's going to take you. You just trust the Lord. Who's going to take it? Now, if you take care of it, then you're putting God out. God's out of the way. Yeah. But he said, let me take care of it. Hold on. Therefore, if your enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. If, for in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. Go ahead. Amen. Yeah, then. Well, that's, the, oh, yeah, two of y'all. <laughs> go ahead, Eric. Well, I mean... I was just going to say, <clears throat> um, calling 911 uh, is still participation. Imagine if that played out and the perpetrator was shot and killed and, it, and a, a, a terrible tragedy was saved because he had multiple rounds or whatever in the situation. And that person said, you know, if it weren't for, for that, that person that called 911 immediately, I wouldn't have, have had the backup and the reaction. So there's still participation in taking that person down. And all I'm saying is 
you know, granted, we don't want anybody to die or lose their life, but there is some, um, you know, there, there's just 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 a, 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 an amount of leeway there when you're faced with a situation where heinous, believe me, I've, I've, I've experienced heinous things before. And, you know, if I'm able to stop it by using my fist, it doesn't matter if it's if it's uh, a young child, my fleshly brother, my wife. I would I would do the same thing to say that life fighting against that evil that is clearly uh, being exhibited. And that's all I'm saying. You know, you, you just got to I mean, you, we all pray to God that those things don't occur. But situations do happen. I can tell you. <laughs> I gotta, well, I gotta, God, God, God's against the evildoer. Like, first off, God didn't change like from the Old Testament into the New Testament. God does not change. So you see that he destroyed wicked men in the Old Testament. I mean, that's undeniable. It's there. And so into the New Testament, it's just the reason why God is telling you not to defend yourself. The reason why he's telling you not to resist the evil person is not for that evil person. It's for your heart. It's for you and your heart not to be embittered, not to be in unforgiveness. It's about you, not about them. That's why you're letting God avenge. And, and will not the God of all the earth do right? That's what Abraham said. He's going to judge the situation. Mm -hmm. He's going to take up the case. But once you step in front of God and say, I got it from here, you just slapped right. him away, and now right. he can't defend you, for one. I mean, look at all the martyrs in the book of Revelation that are crying out, how long, O Lord? They have the right heart. How long, O Lord, until you avenge our blood? Right. Not until we avenge our blood. Right. So this is this idea of like, okay, yes, you could call law enforcement, and they do not bear the sword in vain. You know what I mean? What does that mean? Just today, it would translate into they don't bear the gun in vain. So they can actually... And, and, and that's between them and God, you know, God obviously calls them his ministers, but they're obviously just administering justice. God's again, God's not for the evil person, but if you start stepping in in front of that, then you're taking up your own case. And then therefore God cannot take up a case for you. And then therefore you're not actually walking in love because your heart should be like, no one should perish but all should come to repentance. You should be the example. A good example of this in the early church was Polycarp. Polycarp, mm. they came to execute this man, right? This mm. was one of John's disciples. They came to execute him. And, we, and he went in the other room and prayed for them, I believe. If you read yep. this story, yep. he prayed That's for right. them. He yep. fixed them something to eat while they're going to take That's him. Right. To his the persecution, the early church, they had certain people where these saints, they literally lived in the face of persecution with 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 just they they were steadfast. So much so some of the soldiers, some of the soldiers literally came in and joined them because of their example. I mean, how great is that, right? How great is that? Like uh, you know. And, and it just, it, it was the, the blood that was spilt that said it was like the seed that literally just made this church flourish through because of the martyrdom and stuff that happened. You know, one, one person says, how could so many Christians be fed to so few lions? I mean, this literally just was like a triggered every, in everybody's heart 
just this courage, this, because this life is just so short. It, it's so, it, it's, it's like a vapor and you're trying to protect it and grab onto it as an individual. Yes. Protect the innocent. But, but if you're just a pilgrim and you're supposed to be passing through, why not live that way? Amen. Amen. That's good. Good uh, analogy. This is the main thing, guys. Stick with the word of God. You heard some opinions today. Their opinions. You got to stick with what God's word says. So you know those officers and people of the world that are do this. They there to if you do evil, then watch out because they don't bear the sword in vain. They will correct it. They will get it right. But as far as you and I, stick with what the Bible says for you and I to do. Just like I love that story that he told about Polycarp because because they they came to execute him. And, and, and even like what Eric says, if somebody comes and they want to do something to your wife or something else, just stand in front of her and let them kill you first. And that way it gives her time to escape. Don't sit there and fight is what That's I would recommend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go ahead and take their the death. Kids, yeah. I would have had to do yeah, go stand in front of them, you know, whatever. And die I first. Have cared about my life, That's right. But I would yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? We, we, we live in a such a wicked place. The government is so wicked. We're killing 2,600 babies a day all these people because then you go vote for these guys that are killing people we're killing 2600 babies a day what about their lives you know you're talking about this world that's what they're doing you know and everybody's like oh that's okay but it's not okay because these other ones are innocent it's all a mess it's all a mess but what we're supposed to do is do what this word says we lose our lives for others but it's not in taking up arms well this this is being said about government I kind of left the other night because politics came up. We need we need to read Second Peter, chapter two, verses ten through eleven. Okay, that's fine. Talking about uh, the those that are in the church that are um, they were having a love feast, and they were um, and and they were. They were not really Christians among you. It's what Second Peter chapter two talks about, and in verse uh, ten and eleven of chapter two, it says that um, uh, that presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of authorities, uh, um, wherein angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusations against them before the Lord. So what are you saying? That you're not supposed to say anything about the evil that's being done in the world? In a what? Brother, if, if it doesn't matter who it is, if there's evil, Paul spoke evil about those that did evil all the time. Um, and that's another thing. Paul said uh, those like Alexander the coppersmith, may the Lord do him much evil for what he's done to me. He said uh, to the Cretans, uh, speaking of government, that, that they were always liars in, in, in Titus chapter 1, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, chapter 4. All the time, Paul was bringing out, he says, some speak against and have, have overthrown the faith of the Son, saying that the resurrection has already passed. May the Lord reward them for their evil work. So there's, there's nothing wrong with speaking against evils. That's what we are to speak against. And if we speak against uh, people in government that are killing children, what are we supposed to do? Just not say anything? Of course we just say it because that's what the scripture says. It. The other thing. But chasten them 
but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government, presumptuous are they self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities, whereas angels which are greater in power and might bring not railing accusations against them before the Lord. Now, if they are doing evil things, and we know that they are, I think we should let others know. But just accusing your dignitaries and sitting there and talking about them over and over again, well, as a matter of fact, give me an example. Let, let me let me let me say this. Right now in this country, we are being divided more than anything, and it's because of two parties: the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. We don't need to bring up that division into this and start dividing ourselves because of two parties. Well, most people in here are not Democratic or Republican, so it really doesn't matter, does it? No, they should be Americans. That's right. Because are they not Republican or Democratic? Because both of them are of the devil, right? They're both of the devil. They're both in sin. Yeah, they're doing. Yeah, they're both doing a lot of wrong things. They're both in sin. They're, no, they're of the they're devil. Evil, the Bible says, yeah, if you sin, you're of the devil. Things. So we're not supposed to speak evil of the devil. I'm not saying that. We shouldn't speak of the dignitary, the, the dignities. Let me give you the same scripture that you just quoted in the book of Jude, okay? Because it says the same thing addressing the same thing Jude is addressing here. In the book of Jude, it says in verse 7, it talks about, uh, we'll, we'll go a little bit further down, uh, verse 8. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise authority, and speak evil of dominions. The same thing that Peter was saying. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, does not bring a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. So we do rebuke that in the name of, in the, in the, name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The whole world lies in wickedness. I didn't say that. The Bible said that. The Bible says that there's many seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, and the Bible says they have no fellowship with them in Ephesians 5.11. He says, but rather expose them. So you must expose evil. So when we speak, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's an authority. The Bible says even me. If I sin, you know what the Bible tells you to do? As an authority in this church, you rebuke me before everybody. That's what we're to do. So you got to take that in balance of what it's actually saying. But, but when there's evil, we, do, we are commanded to expose that, whether it's government whether it's president, whoever, or whatever it is, we expose that. We don't hold that back according to the Word of God. He said expose it, Ephesians 5.11. But we not, we're not here to accuse them because, well, God put them where they're at. God put the devil where he's at. That doesn't mean it's good. He also put the kings where they're at. Yeah, and even if they're evil, even if they're evil. Because it's all, God's going to allow the, the, the false prophet, the beast, all that. But that doesn't mean I'm going along with the false prophet or the beast. That means I'm going to come against them. But when we, what I'm trying to say is when we start using these things, these, speaking of government and uh, kings and queens, we need to know what we're saying is truth. And we do. Instead of acute, no, because I've, I've, I've heard, 
accusations come out here, and I never said anything. Well, we, well then but we can't, really can't go there because we not accuse these people. Because we don't really know what you're talking about. That's the problem. You know, what, what, what is somebody accused? Have I accused anyone for something that's not really true? No, but uh, I've heard other accusations. Okay, then, then maybe you need to confront them. The Bible says if, if somebody offend you, to go to that person and that person alone and talk to them. But not to bring it before the body until you've done that. So you need to do what the scripture says. If somebody says something that's offensive to you, go to that individual. That individual alone, the Bible says, Matthew 18, and speak to them about it. If they don't receive it, then let another brother go, to, go with you. And if they still don't, then bring it before the church, but not bring it before the church first. Follow the order of what the Word of God yeah. says to do. Okay? Praise the Lord. Amen. But yeah, I, no, no soldier entangles politics. himself with the affairs of this life. So if people are entangling themselves with politics, if they're entangled themselves with the news and this and that, they're just going to be distracted. So, you know, well, you yeah. don't need to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. Even Jesus, when he was brought before Pilate, he's like, you wouldn't even have authority if it wasn't given right. to you. That didn't mean Jesus's approval stamp of approval was on Pilate and his kingdom. He just said, Hey, you know what? God's permitted you to be in that position but I'm not, God was never like, you know, stamp of approval on Rome, stamp of approval on any of these nations that were wicked. And obviously he was against, you know, wickedness being done in, within a nation. But you see Jesus's life. He is the example. He didn't resist it. He didn't resist it. And it doesn't mean that you can't defend the innocent. We're not saying that. I'm not saying that. I would defend the innocent. But at the same time, like if you're putting a rock in a hard place where you're in persecution and there's, you know, there's no, God didn't warn you because at different times he warned Paul, you know, or he was let down in a basket. You know, he, he warned Paul not to go to Jerusalem. It was Paul's choice. He wanted a better resurrection, just like the Hebrews chapter 11. He chose that. He could have escaped. He, a prophet prophesied, gave him a way of escape. He chose to go headlong in. If somebody wants to be a martyr, if Don wants to be a martyr, praise God. Let him be a martyr. You know what I mean? If somebody wants the way of escape and a prophet comes and prophesies and tells you about it to give you a way out to flee from that city to another city to keep preaching the gospel, praise God, do that too. But, you know, I but wouldn't this, want to take the first well, resurrection away from somebody if they want to go that way. I'm not talking about mortarism. I'm talking about bringing politics... That's why you know what I agree. I agree with you 100. percent Same. I agree with you 100. percent I don't. I don't ever. You never hear me talk about. No, uh, I'm a, not talking. Yeah. To no. I'm, I'm just. I know. But I'm. I'm. I'm saying I agree with you that we. That I don't. I don't think we should be involved in. And I don't think it's a good thing because it, it's a distraction no. to be involved yes. in all this political stuff of this or that and Trump, Trump, Trump this and that. No, I agree with you, brother. I don't. I don't go there, and I'm not interested in going there. And I won't talk. I don't really go with that, that, that with anybody. I, have you ever yeah. heard? You and I never talked about, about it. That's right. Now, That's right. Yeah. Let, let the world be the world to me. We look where it came to. So I, I understand. I agree with you, and I understand what you're saying, Sam. Absolutely. Amen. <laughs> we went a while, guys. All right. Um, anybody else? <laughs> Don't you love the Lord this morning? It's okay. You know, it's okay when you have these discussions and then work through them. That's nothing wrong with that. Uh, sometimes you contend for the faith. It's all right. And it turns out just beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. So we're going to do what God says, and we're going to walk with the Lord and obey his commands. Let's everyone stand up, if you don't mind, please. Somebody pass out. 
Y'all fill me up, will you? <laughs> I don't know if you're going to be in shape to defend anybody, brother. <laughs> they don't have to take care of you, Troy. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. I love the people of God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your way, God. We've chosen your way to do your will, no matter what it is, God. I thank you for your word that guides us, Lord, directs us, and has its way in us. And Lord, as we come together to receive communion together, Father, we examine ourselves this morning, Father, as the word came forth. If there be anything in anybody that has any unforgiveness, any hate, not seeking to first the kingdom of God, and you have that in your heart, don't take this communion. Don't take it. Because he said, that's why some of you are sick and some of you are dead among you because have died among you because you took it unworthily. But if your heart is clean and you've forgiven all and you put the kingdom of God first in your life and you're living for him with all your heart, then receive the Lord's body and blood. Our Lord was with his, with his disciples and he said, I'm going. I'm going to drink this cup for all the world, for you, for me. And he took the bread after he had break it, broke it and he lifted it up and he said, this is my body that I give for you. Take this and eat it, all of you. After they had taken the bread and ate it, he took the cup. Praise the Lord. That this is the cup of the new covenant, the New Testament. This is my blood that I shed for you, for the forgiveness and remission of your sins. To be bone of his bone and blood of his blood. To live for you, Jesus. Your blood flowing through us. Let us drink. Amen. Let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. Knowing the Lord is in you. Let Brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love 
closing in prayer for us, for us, Brother Eli? Sure thing. Dear Lord, thank you for this uh, good study this morning and a reminder that if we're not merciful, we won't obtain mercy, Lord. You said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. You said, if we do not forgive others, we will not be forgiven, Lord. Pray you help us to be merciful as you are in heaven, Lord. That's what you've told us to do. Thank you for the reminders, for all the testimonies this morning. Pray you'd help us throughout this week, keep us safe, and to, you know, do not lead us into temptation, Lord. Uh, I pray that these situations we've talked about may never happen in any of our lives, Lord, so that this conflict never even has to happen, Lord. And I pray that you'd help us to just uh, obey you with all our ability. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. It's great having you this morning. Uh, a little difference of, a, of the service today, but that's okay. Praise the Lord. I love all of you. Uh, it's good to have you. J Joel, great to see you this morning. Brother Jonathan, what a blessing you and Sadrian on. Brother Leland, it's great to see you this morning on. Uh, good, uh, good, good day to you. Brother Samuel and Jessica, so great to have you. Suresh, what a blessing to have you. I hope we'll, we'll be seeing, seeing you uh, more often in coming days. Brother Eric, always a blessing. Praise the Lord. Can you scroll that over, see if anybody else is on uh, Zoom that I can see there? Thank you. Uh, praise the Lord. Good to have uh, Emmanuel. All right, Emmanuel. I see you on there, brother. Uh, good to see you, and we'll see you in a little while. Uh, Jillian, what a blessing to have you this morning, Chris. Uh, brother Chris, great to have you, brother. Thank you, Lord. Uh, brother Travis, great to have you. Amen. Uh, Sister Susan, uh, Brother Leland's wife, great to have you. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, not special to you. Do you know who's, what their name is? Anybody? Okay, we'd like to know your name. Praise the Lord. Great to have you with us today. What a blessing to have all of you. Uh, Christopher, great to have you. What's the uh, bride? Uh, what was that? Uh, little fast for me there. Who was that? Uh, bride made ready. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, uh, good to have you, sister. What a blessing. I think I, think I saw El El Eleanor on there too, didn't I? Eleanor, good to have you with us this morning. Praise the Lord. Uh, of course, Jennifer and Wes, always a blessing. Brother Devin, great to see you this morning, too. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. What a blessing. Great to have all of you. Uh, may the Lord bless you. G great time with you this morning. Hallelujah. And uh, uh, Jillian, of course. Yeah, Jillian's going to be coming here, I think, pretty soon. What a blessing. We can't wait to see you, Jillian. What a blessing to have you. Hallelujah. Well, listen, great to be with you. We'll be meeting again Wednesday. Be sure and keep Jonathan in prayer. Um, uh, he's going to go out and share today. Um, I, I got a, a request from Daniel this morning. Um, um, we're going to try. We're going to see about helping him too. Um, he's got a broken car. It wasn't, he's not able to. Been, he's been having trouble with it for quite a while now. I think they found out it was the uh, 
fuel filter in the, in the fuel tank, Brother Roy, is what it is. And I think he said it's about four or five hundred dollars to change it. So if you feel a need, if you feel like you want to help with that need, um, just want to give you the opportunity. If not, that's fine too. But I love you guys. Appreciate you. Great to have you. And I love you. And I'll see you Wednesday night, seven o'clock Central Time. Have a great, great evening. And we'll talk to you soon. God bless you. Bye bye. Oh, we got food upstairs too, guys. Plenty of food.